Absolutely perfect Major League Baseball scandal for us to start our episode of the Sports Pen this Thursday afternoon with Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along as always. Story like this is just what I needed. I woke up today. I was just telling Jake Durant sitting across from me. He's here from Local 3 per usual on Thursdays. By the way, what's up, Jake? Not a whole lot, man. Ready to get to it. I tell you what, I woke up today thinking it was Friday, and then I had that soul-crushing disappointment when I realized it's Thursday. It's kind of been a long week this week, it feels like. Not not for bad reasons. It's actually been a really good week. It's just been a long week, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, pretty busy this week. Last week kind of flew by, but yeah, this week's just been, I don't know what it is. I think it's because we're, we're reaching, I don't want to say it, we're reaching towards the end of the summer, you mm-hmm. know, we're in, into August now. And uh, man, these days are just, I mean, the days are shortening mm-hmm. when you talk about the sun, sun you know, setting and, and things like that, but... These days have just been going by so slow. I think it's just the anticipation of, of the fall sports season and, and things like that. But, yeah, man, I don't know. I, it, I, I wish it was Friday as well. But if it was Friday, you wouldn't be, we wouldn't be doing this together. No, so, I'm thankful so, I know. get to see you. I get to have you seated across from me, and we get to co-host the Sports Pen on this Thursday afternoon. And we got a lot to get to, particularly college football. Two days away, we've got week zero and a really good game coming up between Miami and Florida. High school football a week from tonight will be our first broadcast. We have Westwood at home against Houghton. I was over in Ishpeming today talking with the team coaches. They're excited for this year. I'm excited for it. And I tell you what, we've got preseason coming up this evening in Canada. Before we get into some of the topics I have on hand, Aaron Rodgers' tux, his Canadian tux, and his mustache are just amazing. Just borderline glorious. Yeah, I, I I have to think that Aaron, when he heard about this game actually being played in in Canada, that's when he started to devise this <laughs> this epic entrance when he hit the airport there in in Canada. Because if you didn't see it, man, he was wearing the Canadian tuxedo, which is all jean. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, you know, and it's like the light wash jean. It's just totally disgusting, but great at the same time. And then he had that handlebar mustache. Um, kind of gave me the Reno 911 vibe. Aviator sunglasses. You know, and, and he just he just rocked it. And uh, it's good to see him having a little bit of fun, you know, being upbeat. I hope we do see him tonight. I know he, he was supposed to uh, make that debut last week. But, you know, he's getting old. He had some back, some back stiffness, and I can I can attest to it. It happens for you younger, younger listeners out there. Um, but I, I do hope to see him. I hope everyone stays healthy. That's the biggest thing. And I just want to see some... Some you know some efficiency, some rhythm, and I want to see Lafleur and Aaron kind of bounce back and forth and and have things just be smooth, smooth tonight because the big story coming out of Green Bay we talked about all the time is is their relationship. So I just want to see them you know move the ball and 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 just do good things as we as we near the regular season. I kind of feel like Canada hates us on some level, and I don't think that's going to improve tonight by us sending jean jacket, handlebar mustache Aaron Rodgers, and frostbitten Antonio Brown with his weird helmet situation up to Winnipeg to play an exhibition football game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, a little stereotypical, but I mean, um, you know, I, I have talked to, you know, we live in the UP, you know, mm-hmm. if you go to the Sioux, you can run into a lot of Canadian people, a lot of Canadian uh, you know the the jury is out. I think oh, Canadian, I used to be in Duluth. Yeah, I know, you know all about uh, Canadian interactions. You know, there's some good things about the U.S. that Canada likes, and there's some good, you know, some bad things, and vice versa. So, um, I think the, the you know the Canadians up there who are going to be going to this game, I think it's it's definitely going to be a good time for them to kind of just you know get it get some live action because you know going to a game is is way different than seeing it on TV or you know on social media on the internet. Um, we're going to get like a full kind of that full feeling of what it's like to to play football and you know they got the Canadian Football League up there so you're you know you're kind of standing or you know entering you know enemy turf but that game's completely different mm-hmm. you know and there's some things in the Canadian Football League that I don't really understand why they do whether it be the the goalpost in the middle of the end zone or the the running starts that the receivers get that make it even harder for the defense to to kind of defend but um, I do think, you know, if you want to see a show, hopefully Antonio Brown, it seems like a stage where Antonio Brown would play just because he's in it another does. country, mm-hmm. you know, all of this, these stories of him just being the most difficult diva wide receiver. I used to like Antonio Brown, but Me honestly, too. I just, I, I, I want to see it from a player's perspective, but just lately I've just, I've just been annoyed. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just want to see him get on the field and just be great. Like he, he's going to be. And I just, I just want to see, I just want the season to start. Can we, can we get the regular season started? Four games. Four games? Come on. We don't have a, more than a minute attention span. Why are we doing four games? 
College football, two days from now, it will be Miami against Florida. High school football, a week from tonight, we'll have Westwood against Houghton here in ESPN-UP. NFL, two weeks from tonight, they kick off the Packers and the Bears. We're going to get to all that over the course of the next hour. Programming note, following our show today, once we sign off, you won't hear Will Kane. You will hear the latest re-airment of our high school football coaches show. We'll be talking with all five coaches through Marquette County. We'll be talking with the Marquette Redmen. We'll be talking with Westwood, Ishpeming, Nagani, Gwynn. Get the thoughts on all the latest happenings from those teams as they get set for the season to start next week. Our coaches show coming up after we sign off here on ESPN UP. Other headlines we got to break down today. The Donald Sterling Affairs. I tell you what, Ramona Shelburne knocked it out of the park with this expose that she ran five years after it happened, and it's a retelling of the events that probably was better this time around than the first time. She did that good of a job with it. The NFL All-Time Team was released by ESPN earlier today, plus the XFL. We didn't have time to get into it too much yesterday. They released their logos and nicknames. We're going to break them down today. Justin Verlander's big night. Turned into kind of a black eye in some ways, as the Tigers historically beat the odds. But I want to start with this. The Major League Baseball PED scandal, the latest one. I tell you what, this is amazing. Jeff Passan is rivalry, rivaling, 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 rivaling. Gosh dang it, Jake, I'm struggling today. <laughs> rivaling Tim Kirkjian for the throne of ESPN's Baseball Insider. And Passon has done wonderful work. He's going to get up there once uh, Kirkjian decides to pass the torch. But Passon has done wonderful work, but this might be his crown jewel. Two players have reportedly been popped this year for PED violations. Their excuse was that they bought male-enhancing supplements from a gas station that had traces of, I don't know what do you call it, vitamins, uh, proteins in it that are banned per the Major League Baseball PED substance ban. And these players get, you know, their suspension, what have you. Now Major League Baseball has chosen to issue a warning to players saying basically, guys, don't go to that skeevy-looking gas station down the street from your hotel and buy Rhino Max 5000 or Rising Phoenix 5K, whatever these names are. <laughs> Did you just make those? Are those real names? Those are real names. Mm. Don't go Don't go buy those because you will probably get suspended 80 games for it. And as we know, there is no sport that has more of a phobia around PEDs, or more of a stigma, I should say, than Major League Baseball. You think about football. Think about Julian Edelman last year was suspended the first four games. When it comes time to vote him into the Hall of Fame, whether he makes it or not, the question's not going to be, does Julian Edelman deserve it because he was suspended for four games in 2018? The big question that's already been answered is, what do we do until he gets back? And once we have him back, how do things change? Nothing about his legacy depends on what happened last year. In baseball, you get popped for PEDs once, your whole legacy is in question. That might keep you out of the Hall of Fame uh, Barry Bonds, you know, his was a little bit more egregious than one uh, particular incident. But Barry Bonds' whole legacy is dependent not on what he did on the field, but it's dependent on the PED allegations against him. And there are several other players that you can put in that same category. Football, basketball, hockey, not nearly the same stigma as baseball. But this is a new one for me. And this is kind of hilarious. I know that there's, you know, a journalistic aspect to it we're trying to strive for. But, man, I've never heard of this before. This is kind of ridiculous in a way. Yeah. Uh, you know, my advice, never buy anything from a gas station for <laughs> medical purposes. Um, you know, obviously, people do suffer with with things where they need boosters mm -hmm. um, and things like that, enhancers. And the note um, is that why that wasn't the reason. They right. say this is a good pre-workout. Oh, it's a I don't know if I buy that, but that's the reason they well, gave Major League Baseball for taking it. Right. Well, I don't Either way, I think that might just be, you know, they they might just be a little bit embarrassed a little bit. But if you're going to do something like this, especially when you're an athlete and, and, you know, you need to know what's going in your body and things like that, why go to a gas station and, and buy something for this? Why not go to a physician, you know, go to an, a fitness expert or something who can break down what is in these, these supplements and things like that? So, so you're sure, just so you're not going to make a mistake and have to deal with what these two players are dealing with right now. Um with the whole like PED thing, obviously, yeah, baseball, it's a little bit different just because I feel like the use of steroids and PEDs and things like that 
will directly affect performance, mm-hmm. you know, hitting the ball and things like that. With football, I don't think it's necessarily as direct, if that makes sense. Right. You know, you're not you're not going to go out there and, and jump over somebody. It's not going to do anything like that. It, you know, a lot of it's for healing purposes, I feel, and, and things like that. But um, it's just a weird story. Um, and you just never think you're going to hear stuff like this right. until it happens. Similar to, like, what uh, Golden Tate was going through. Mm-hmm. When he was, just, you know, trying to have a child with the fertility drugs and things like that, you don't really ever think about it like no. that until it happens. You don't think it's going to happen, but it's just a, it's just an odd thing. And in my advice for athletes, you know, go see a doctor who's who's trained and knows what's in these things. Don't go to the local corner store. What are you just, you know, did you go for that intent purpose when you first did that, or were you just walking by and saw, you know, the Reiner, Rhino, you know, whatever, <laughs> the the thing, and it was like, hmm, maybe I'll just try this for a pre workout. I'm just, curious. just it just doesn't make any sense, right? As a pre workout, no, that doesn't make sense. If that's the reason that you're getting it, if the reason that you're getting it is for what they are actually intended for, I could see why they would go to a corner stores that's something embarrassing even to talk about with a doctor I, I can see why they would do that but you're right the smart thing from a career standpoint is to make sure you know what's going in your body not just walk down to the nearest gas station and buy rhino max 5k or whatever they call it uh to your point though something else i wanted to ask you about what is the weirdest thing that you would buy from a gas station like you said you wouldn't buy medication stuff like that i think the most medication I've ever bought, probably the only medication I bought from a gas station is like aspirin or something. Yeah, like, like Tylenol that. and things yeah. like that. You know, I've I've bought some questionable food from gas stations, I'd say. <laughs> Maybe something I shouldn't do. And it's been fine. But you know it's it's just a weird vibe, you know. It's it's not the best quality stuff mm-hmm. that gas stations have and things like that. But you know, I've bought like the 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 gas station burrito and things like that, but you know any medication or or weird things like that i just don't, i would i just wouldn't trust it i just wouldn't trust it i don't trust gas station sandwiches or pizza outside of the state of iowa because casey's general stores in iowa I rave on them so much great pizza great sandwiches anywhere else i hate gas station pizza and sandwiches make me sick yeah and i don't really know why that's the case i, I don't either there is some good gas stations that make in-house stuff that's actually pretty mm-hmm. decent but for the most part, if there's a microwave at hand that they're just lending out and saying, hey, just toss it in for a minute, it's probably not great. No. I tell you what, don't get your male enhancement pills from a gas station unless it's absolutely necessary. I guess if you're not a pro athlete, there's probably a little less risk involved. To it. I have no idea what the health risks are, so I'm not encouraging you to go down to go down the street here to, what, Holiday, wherever, wherever gas station is up here. And buy Rhino Max, but I didn't even know that I'm was a thing. Just, to be I, I'm, with I'm just going to check to see if it's there. You know, next time I go into the, <laughs> I'm not going to buy it, but I'm going to just, I just want to see because I didn't, I've never even noticed. You know, no, I haven't like either. In a gas station, I've never noticed anything like that. I've never knew what a Rising Phoenix was. I didn't know that was. A I honestly male thought you made pill. I, I thought you made those up. I was oh, going to no, say no, no. that's pretty impressive, but. Uh, Good marketing, I guess. I've got some audio that I want to play for you, and it's from the Will Kane show yesterday. They had a caller who calls himself a, freak, a frequent user of these pills called into Will Kane yesterday. You might get a few cheap laughs out of it, but there is something journalistic to be learned from this. It's a little bit long, just under two minutes, but it's worth a listen. Here we go. We just had a guy call in and say, let me tell you something about those male sexual enhancement pills they sell at the gas station. And the reason that we're all talking about that is because Major League Baseball just issued a memo warning its players to stop buying gas station male enhancement pills. If you do, you can be in violation of their PED rules. There was some question about whether they really do what they are intended to be, which is like over-the-counter Viagra. Hard Max 5000 or Rising Phoenix 5000, do they really make you longer, harder? Evan in Florida, of course, Florida, says absolutely. What's up, Evan? How's it going, Will? Uh, yeah, so just talking about this, I've definitely taken a considerable amount of these pills. And from that point, the better ones are actually at the uh, the adult stores. Okay. And those there, Good to know. they'll make you feel like you're 15 again. You're walking <laughs> around like a... A stallion. Like a stallion. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, when you use the Viagra, like that's good for the night. You know, you use that and... You know, you take it maybe an hour before any type of action. Then tomorrow you wake up like nothing ever happened. These pills there, 
like the rhinos and everything that you're talking about, like right. the rhino 69s and all that. Right. right. Those things, you're three, four, five, six days, you're walking around. like Get out of here, Evan. Term, really? I swear to I, I'm I'm not joking. You're if I take around, Rising you're... Phoenix 5000, I'm set for three days? They all have varying things that are going on there. Which one do you recommend? Do you recommend Rising Phoenix? If you, I've never taken a Rising Phoenix, but that, those rhino pills, they're fantastic. Three four. If you if you're new to the game, you might get. I don't you know might that get that's a appealing though, Evan. I don't know that, that I got to go to work. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 All day long. It's a good feeling. Disney Channel. Okay, Evan. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your intel and your insight. He's taken a considerable amount of these things. He said so. I do consider him an expert on this. I love how Will throws in that we are sponsored by Disney Channel. It gives that reminder. Right. And I know there was a few cheap laughs maybe to have there. But there is something you can take away from that. There is a journalistic aspect from that. And there's a lot of reasons why these guys may go after these pills. Maybe not always for the reason they're intended. But you got to believe that some of them are. I just don't get how, okay, that guy just said the the side effects last three to four days. I don't know if that's and these, healthy. And these athletes are taking it for a pre-workout. <laughs> So how do you direct the blood flow away from that area so you're not working out for three, four days? You know, you know what I'm saying. It just doesn't. It's still not adding up. That guy was a very good salesman, though. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> what is up with Florida man? This is exactly what Major League Baseball needed. Baseball with an interest problem. They need a story like this. I can make so many jokes right now. I just don't know like what I'm allowed to say. But make them during the break, and we'll see if we can repeat them in the second segment. Coming up, a big night for the Tigers last night. They break historic odds. They also break Justin Verlander's public opinion in a sense. We'll get to it next in ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the. ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along this Thursday afternoon. Well, it was a historic night last night at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. The Tigers opened some places at negative 500 odds to lose that game. The money line on Detroit, excuse me, on Houston to win that game, on Detroit to lose, was at negative 435 when it closed at Caesars Sportsbook. The Tigers won that ball game. Justin Verlander threw a complete game and allowed just two hits for Houston against his old team. But those two hits were a pair of solo home runs, one to Ronnie Rodriguez, which broke up a perfect game in the fifth inning, and one to John Hicks, which proved to be the winner in the ninth. Houston ended up losing that game 2-1. to one. It was the largest upset money-wise in Major League Baseball since 2005. So the Tigers with a chance to do it again tonight, by the way. They are closing at about 500 odds or so right they're, now. They're not doing it tonight. You don't think so? They, they used that magic last <laughs> night. It's not happening again. Well, if you want a cheap bet, you still have time. Contact your bookie if he's in Vegas or wherever sports gambling's legal now. I think it's legal in Iowa now, too, so my family wants to do it. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> Encourage uh, your family. Put some money on the Tigers. And, uh, you should and, call them and, all You know up. what? Maybe you win. I, I wish Maybe. I would have done it last night. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was talking to a couple of uh, Tigers fans prior to last night's game, and they were adamant that the Tigers had no possible chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it took a, it took a team effort. It took a, a very, very solid performance by everyone involved. Obviously, those two big hits were, were huge. Um, and, and what a better way to do it than against a former, you know, Detroit Tiger. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Justin Verlander. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there were some emotions running during that game and things like that. But um, for a Tigers team that hasn't had a lot of highs this season, you know, just still trying to figure out this whole rebuild and things like that. This is it's one of those wins they can look back on when the season's over and, and really be, be proud of, of the effort they put down on the field. And, I mean, this is these are the type of wins you need to win when, when you're talking about having this young roster and things like that. This is definitely going to help the team grow and, and, and just have just come together a little bit as a team. And it was just a great, it was a great win last night, unexpected, but nonetheless it was, it was special. Well, I tell you what, don't bet on Houston. Because this is this is the second time in two weeks that they have made a record-setting uh, blunder, should we say, in the sports books. Two weeks ago, they were supposed to beat Baltimore, and they lose eight to seven. That at the time was the biggest upset in sports gambling since 2007, at least in baseball sports gambling since the Nationals upset the Minnesota Twins in 2007. So the Astros in two weeks have set the record twice. They keep setting the bar for themselves. I tell you what, I used to think they were going to win the World Series. I thought they were going to beat the Dodgers, and the Dodgers would choke again. 
and I thought the Astros would win the World Series, and now I don't, I don't want to put any money on them. Right. It, it's one of those classic cases of a team playing down a competition. You know, maybe they, they went in there a little too confident. That, you know, this team's been good for a, a long time, um, for, for a while now, and, and sometimes in a long season you, you kind of just, you know, you play down to your competition until, and then when you're in the game and you try to like, turn that switch on, you can't do it. And, um, you know, you would think with Houston setting that record, you know, not too long ago to come into last night's game would be motivated to not have to deal with that again, especially when you talk about Verlander starting and everything around that was being built up around that. That's just not a good showing. And like you said, I mean, if you're a, a Astros fan, you might want to be a little bit more worried in things, but if, you know, there'll be probably be a little bit more focus in things. So uh, I don't think it's, it's a huge deal. Obviously, for Justin Verlander, you know, you want that win, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know this one kind of stings extra special, especially because Verlander played re- really well outside of those, just those two pitches that, you know, were hit over the fence. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something, it's kind of like a wake-up call for a good team, and sometimes teams need that. Well, I tell you what, it ended up being a worse night for Verlander. He pitched really well, and like you said, he was maybe two pitches away from picking up his 16th win of the year. But afterwards... It was kind of a black eye on his time in Detroit because he refused to come in for the postgame presser unless Tigers beat writer from the Detroit Press, Anthony Fenich, was not present. He refused to take any questions or address the media if Fenich was there. Fenich has been the Tiger uh, beat writer for the Detroit Free Press since 2015. Verlander was with the Tigers until 2017. He said that Fenich is unethical and said he refuses to talk to him because of any prior dealings with him. Major League Baseball issued a statement today saying that Fenich should have been allowed in the clubhouse to the media room. Instead, he was kept out until Verlander was done speaking, which was about six minutes or so. So Major League Baseball is about to get hit with a storm of protest filed by the Detroit Free Press, by other sports writers around Major League Baseball, MLB, the Astros alike, because the Astros had a hand in this. Their vice president of communications said no. He would refuse access to Anthony Vanich. He wouldn't let him in. So you do have some team liability factored in here as well. And like I said, emotions were running high. I'm sure Verlander just got done dealing with a difficult loss. He's probably still a little emotional. You know, emotions running high after that. And then not really sure. I didn't read too deep on, on what actually happened between those two individuals to where their relationship is that bad. Um, but, you know, it's part of the game. You you kind of do what you got to do as a player. You know you're gonna have to deal with with media and things like that, and it and it should be a partnership. Obviously, you don't want these these personal vendettas to kind of affect the way things are, especially for a huge publication like Detroit Free Press. I mean that's pretty mm-hmm. pretty big, pretty well known place. So um, not a good look. Not a good look. You get the loss, and then you do you start this, and then for the Astros, I mean whoever was their you know communications guy. Um, you know that's a huge mistake. You know I'm sure you're you're trained on how to handle things like that, um, but I, I just think emotions were running high. They didn't, you know, and they didn't handle it very well. I tell you what, there are going to be some fines we would think coming the Astros' way. Major League Baseball continue to look into this. I'm hoping nothing happens like this tonight. Although it shouldn't because Verlander is not pitching. I don't know. Maybe him and Finnish make up tonight after the game. Maybe they, the Astros force Verlander to do some kind of public spectacle, him shaking hands with Finnish, and they're both gritting their teeth, mumbling insults to each cringy, other. That would be cringy, though. It, I know it would be, but, but you got to do something to clean things up to save face a little bit here. Yeah, maybe just send out a tweet. That's what all the kids are doing, right? <laughs> make Verlander send something out. Verlander, though, I give him credit. He's never afraid to speak his mind. Like He will tell you exactly how he feels about anything and everything. I don't know if that's always a good thing, but it's a true thing. And I do like that about something. Sometimes I like it when someone gets straight to the point, you know, may not have a bedside manner, but you want somebody who's going to tell you the truth no matter how much you don't want to hear it. Last night, though, was not called for. No. No, I'm, I agree with you. I like the athletes that aren't afraid to speak their mind. They kind of keep it real and keep things into perspective. And um, most of those guys make the best sound bites when you're talking about <laughs> us in the media. We like those type of players because, you know, no matter what it is, everything's going to be authentic and things like that. But I agree with you. Just last night, it was kind of a little bit, you know, it was a little petty and things like that. I, I still don't really know what the gripe is between those two. So who knows? But um, I just think at the time, I think, you know, they created a, a storm that didn't really need to be created. And, and now they're going to have to deal with it. And it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. 
All right, tell you what, programming note before we hit the break, I told you about the Coaches Show airing after we sign off here in about 30 minutes. This weekend, we have got two first-place ball clubs, the two top teams in Major League Baseball squaring off on ESPN-UP. Saturday and Sunday, we've got the Yankees at Dodgers. Both of them leading their respective leagues. Both of them know how to hit the ball out of the ballpark with ease. They're going to be playing each other this week in a three-game series. Saturday, we will have it here in ESPN-UP beginning at 3.30. And then Sunday Night Baseball at 6 Eastern. You can hear both games here in ESPN-UP and online with our app. With that, let's take our next time out. When we come back, the XFL released their logos and team nicknames. For their inaugural season yesterday, we'll tell you what we liked, we didn't like. Plus, the Sterling Affairs, the Ramona Shelburne Expose. We'll break it down. i got some audio for you, too, next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along in this Thursday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. New England Patriots safety Patrick Chung has been indicted on a cocaine possession charge stemming from this past June. He is due in court next Wednesday. Kemba Walker and Miles Turner scored 23 and 15 points respectively to help the U.S. beat Australia 102-86 to this morning. The two teams played in a tune-up game for the upcoming Basketball World Cup in Melbourne. And finally... Little Debbie released their snack cake rankings for 2019 with oatmeal cream pies setting atop the list. Mm-mm. Did I say oatmeal? Oatmeal. How about oatmeal? Oatmeal. You can even say it right with a straight face. <laughs> that, that's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm not a big fan of a. I, I don't. I don't know if I like that list. And honestly, if you see the tweet in which they publicize their rankings, they did it yesterday. People don't like it. Like it was really no. unpopular. No. Oatmeal cream pie? Come on. <laughs> what is your favorite Little Debbie snack cake? Man, there's there's several. I like I like the chocolate cupcake. Um, with the little white swirls the cream on it? The filling, you know, it's Those classic. Those are my favorite, yeah. It's classic, you know. They're always good. You know what to get. I mean, oatmeal cream pies, they're good, but they're just not, they don't have that, that right. it factor. You know what I mean? Right. They, they, I don't know. It, there's just something about them. They're dull. Like, are you telling me you go to a store and you see all the Little Debbie products and the first thing you pick is oatmeal cream pie? I don't know. That's not what I'm doing. Are are, are Honey Buns Little Debbie? I think so. Honey Buns. Okay. Honey Buns. Honey Buns. I go with the fancy cakes. I love me a good fancy cake. Yeah. Yeah, They're tasty and I feel fancy when I'm eating (laughs) them. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along in this Thursday afternoon. Well, yesterday, the XFL, which is going to start play in February of 2020, released their logos and nicknames. I tell you what, before we get too far into that, I'm excited for the XFL, Jake. I think it's going to be a really, yeah, I, I can say fun without being hesitant. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun league, but I do think it's going to last longer than the AEF. Probably will last at least a season or two. I'd be surprised, honestly, if it didn't with the financial backing they have. Right, and they were able to to see what the AAF did and and what they failed at. So you know they they definitely studied their their blueprint and won't be doing anything, you know, similar to what they did. Um, they have the backing. They have, you know, obviously the owner uh, McMahon, who's who's knows entertainment mm-hmm. and knows what people want. And I think it's going to be over the top. You know, it's going to be. It's not going to be solely focused on the football aspect. I think there's going to be a lot of other things happening, and you know, the rules are completely different and things like that. But I think, you know, they they understand that it, it for this to be successful, it has to be more than just football. It has to be there has to be entertainment purpose, similar to how he made wrestling so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's going to be there's going to be theatrics. There's going to be things like that. There's going to be big personalities. And they're, he's going to let the player shine, and I think it's going to be great. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be unique, and I think it's going to be good for the social media age. You know, this crazy things happen. I think we're going to see some nice big plays. Um, you know, different players are backing, and I think there's there's an aura around the XFL as a whole, just mm-hmm. because in its short stint last time, I don't. I think it definitely hit the strings to the sports fans. Obviously, it didn't last, but I think once it left, there was always that vacancy of like. Man, I wish that would come back. You know, I wish I, w- I wish we gave that a chance. And I think this time around, people will be a little bit more receptive to it and and give it a chance. And I think, um, like I said, they've done it before. It's not their first rodeos, and I think they've learned. 
and they know kind of the niche that they, they're going to have to fill, and I think they'll be successful. I'm excited to see a lot of the players get drafted, like XFL draft day. I think this is going to be pretty fun. I'm excited for when they have that. They do have their first player signed a contract. He hasn't been drafted by anybody yet. We just know he's going to be an XFL quarterback, Landry Jones, who formerly quarterbacked the Oklahoma Sooners, I think, in 2012 and 13, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was, he was good in college, and he's one of those guys you just kind of forget about a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of players, football players, former football players that, that are out of jobs right now that, you know, this is an opportunity for them if they're, you know, still in shape and still have the will and, and the, the fire to play to get a chance to get back out there and kind of, let you know, show us what they can do. And, you know, he played at Oklahoma. That's a, that's a good school, and he was he was successful. So, you know, they're going to have talent there, which is which is something to to kind of be excited for. I still remember Manti Teo picking him off when Notre Dame was in Norman back in 2012, en route to the undefeated regular season, and then the butt kicking that followed Alabama. Yeah, yeah, Manti Teo, man. That was a weird story back in the day. I don't want to get too hard into that, but every time I hear that name when he was talking about I think he got catfish or something before it was like a popular thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like he started popularizing catfishing. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you see the opening that first catfish that that um who who kind of runs that show now? He actually came up to the UP. I didn't that? see that. The first big one, the first big movie he did, documentary he did when he first got catfished. Mm-hmm. I forget um, his name's blanking right now, but it was actually a woman, an older woman from Gladstone. So they oh, ended really? up going, coming from New- check it out. You know, a lot of people out there probably seen it. He was in New York City talking to uh, you know a, a lady online, and it ended up you know she was from Gladstone. Him and his crew drove up through Gladstone. You see them in Marquette and things like that in this documentary, and it and it kind of set off that whole series of, of catfish that, that airs on MTV and things like that. But Manti Teo was the first athlete to deal with that. I tell you what. I could counter that with something that happened in my hometown this last week or so. Well, at least not in my hometown, but just a few miles down the road. A town that's kind of desolate, probably less than a 1,000 people there, farming community. And they have a firefighter there. I just saw this right before we hit the air. I was checking the news. I was checking Facebook, what have you. And apparently a firefighter there started a fire so he could put it out, get the glory. Fire was too big to contain it, and he ended up getting a Class C felony. So a firefighter gets arrested for arson. He was trying to stage his own like, yes. rescue? So he could be a hero. Wow. About 10 miles from where I grew up. Oh, so. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, when I used to work in the news department, I got called out to a fire once. Um, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it was there was a fire hall on fire, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get the trucks out. So it was burning with the trucks inside, and it, it was just so very, very strange. Isn't that ironic? It's very ironic, and, and the interviews were even more funny because – you know, people were the firefighters are like, you know, it, stuff happens. They didn't really know what to say. I think it was kind of embarrassing for them. But oh, I'm sure. But the fact that he decided to just start a fire, and that, <laughs> just so he could on, put people. it out, looked That's like crazy. a hero. I mean, there must really be nothing to do out there. <laughs> there's not in <laughs> Nemaha, Iowa. There's right. not. I figured. Well, I tell you what, let's get into some of the XFL logos and the nicknames. I've had a chance to look. At, have you had a chance to look at a few of these? Yes, I have. Yeah, so I tell you what, which one was your favorite? Did you have one that stood out to you more than the others did? I like the Dallas, uh, the Dallas the Renegades, the Dallas Renegades. I like that, and I do enjoy the Defenders. The uh, doesn't that look like a Marvel? It looks like a Marvels. You the know, DC soccer, Defenders, yeah, yeah. Um, DC Defenders. I never liked um, that soccer badge looking thing. No, I do like the uh, what is it? The New York Guardians. I think that's okay, probably yeah. my top and then it probably is the dallas renegades okay um going down the list i do like and this is basically the logo the names are a different story right i like i like the seattle dragons logo the la wildcats is the lamest it is logo well even their hype video did you see that did you see their hype video video, but are you telling me the los angeles market of your league Mm -hmm. you're gonna have them be the la wildcats with just some boring L.A. symbol that every L.A. team in every major league uses, like just L.A. And this is the worst one. You've L.A. Got, rock stars. You've got the- L.A. rock stars. Come on. <laughs> I thought when I saw the video, there were a bunch of – I thought they were lions that were in the hype video. And the guy's like, you come into their den, but you don't come out. And when they come for you, you don't escape or something like that. I'm like, okay, Los Angeles Lions. Okay, it's kind of got a ring to it. It's not fancy. And then L.A. Wildcats is what they come out with. I'm like, the most generic thing. Yes. It was 
Come on, it's your L.A. franchise. Their logo is an intertwined L.A. with the word Wildcats underneath it. And the A is a different color than the L and the Wildcats. Like, I don't get that. That's not good. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get a marketing job. L.A. rock stars, you have that, you know, that that hairband, you know, logo guy mm-hmm. with a, you know, one of those um, V guitars. Oh, yeah, guitars yeah, yeah, With his hair flowing in the wind on stage. That should be, that should be your logo. I do like the St. Louis Battlehawks. There was a team back in Seattle in like the 80s or something. They had a logo similar to that. I do like the St. Louis logo. It gives me a Zelda vibe. A little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not too bad. I guess it makes sense, but you know, does it make sense for the Battlehawks? I'm not sure. Good for St. Louis, though. They got something. And they do have a football team again, which was really smart of this league to put a pro football team in St. Louis. I like the Houston Roughnecks logo in the sense that they pay tribute to the original Houston Oilers. Yeah, that. that's the the vibe I got. That's with like the, the only the, historical the logo Houston out of Roughnecks. any of these. Yeah, so that I, one's I not do too like bad. That. that one's not too bad. The Vipers one is is kind of lame. To I me. don't get that. Like, there's nothing creative about it. It looks like something that you would put as your logo in Madden Build a Team. Yeah, they should like, be like it's the, not creative. The Tampa Bay Wave or something. I like the, the Wave, the something wave. like that. The Wave, just because it's it's you know it's it's a term used in, in the younger generation to to be trendy so and then obviously you have the ocean there it could be like it could be cool um but overall these are just these are disappointing yeah very disappointing i, I you know i was reading online a lot of these are like the, the standard back in madden when you had create a team mode mm-hmm. and the generic logos that if you wanted to create your, your own team with the colors you know that's basically they use the same templates mm-hmm. um could be better also could be worse <laughs> Um, L.A. couldn't be much worse, but the no, others maybe. L.A. I think L.A. could use a facelift, and then the D.C. Defenders one's kind of lame to me. Yeah, uh, I, I wish they paid more homage to the city. Right, you know right. What I mean? like, That's what I'm looking for. Like something Seattle, with historical like, significance. Whether it be the weather mm-hmm. or you know something that had happened, like the Seattle rain would be sweet. Sure. And it's not even not even you don't even have to call it like the rain as in the water, mm-hmm. like just the rain, like R E I G N. Yeah, but it has like a, it's a yeah. play on words. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I'm just coming out the top of the dome right now. So you're telling me a bunch of people sitting in a room thinking about this for hopefully more than a couple of minutes. Could come up with something a little better? I don't know. What I'm hoping is that they spent so little money on marketing that they came up with these logos. Maybe, that, maybe they had to cut the budget a little bit. That means they're going to be that much more successful because they're going to have so much money saved from not spending it on marketing that the XFL will be a success. I think you should have did a social media thing. Should have. You should have hyped it up. You know, you you the fans are responsible for what is going to be your team's name and, and logo and things like that. Mm-hmm. You could have got artists out there who just want their work known. How cool would that be as, as yeah. an artist to have your name put on a helmet that you're seeing on television? You could have got some really good artists, you know, things like that, very good creativity. But instead you come out with these just generic logos, generic names. It's It's a little disappointing. Yesterday I came back and I got back from lunch just in time to watch the actual logo reveal on ESPN. The other thing that I'm going to criticize the XFL for, I know Oliver Luck is the commissioner, he's the founder, what have you. He was the one who hosted the logo reveal along with Colin Coward. Should have been Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is TV, man. Andrew Luck is the one everyone wants to see and hear from. Yeah. Put your son up there. I don't know if the NFL would really like that, to put Andrew Luck in there. Make Andrew Luck the, the logo. Just, just for the fun. Indianapolis Captain Andrew Luck. Yeah. The captain. Yeah, the the Captain Andrew player. Luck on Twitter, that should be a logo. Like his face in a Civil War beard and uniform should be a logo for somebody somewhere. Should be, should be genius. There's some genius Twitter accounts out there. That's, that's one that's just... <laughs> Just absolutely just out there that somebody must have just been at home and just – it had to just hit them. It had to have been a revelation because that is hilarious, and, and they keep up with it. It's, it's, it's really funny. They, they've gotten mentioned on NFL Network and things like that, so that's crazy. They're hilarious too. Yeah. I mean it, they're creative tweets, and they're sent as if they were Civil War time letters back home. But I tell you what, before we hit the break, Ramona Shelburne came out with an incredible expose. I mean, you got to hype this up because it's worth doing so. If you haven't checked it out already, it's worth the listen. It's available wherever you get your podcast. The Sterling Affairs, highlighting what happened with Donald Sterling and his fallout with the LA Clippers after his extramarital affair exposed some deep hidden racism. And I tell you what, is an incredible job that Ramona did. I mean, we know what happened for five years now. 
And she tells it. She makes us feel like we are experiencing it all for the first time. Like, this was groundbreaking news that didn't just shock the basketball world. It shocked America. And frankly, it shocked the world. Because do you remember at the time it broke, around April 2014, Barack Obama was in the White House at the time. And he was out in Asia. I mean, he was on one of the biggest diplomatic tours of his presidency. And he was getting asked questions about that while he was out in Asia. He was getting asked about Donald Sterling and what was going on inside the NBA. That's how big of a story this was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, obviously, first off, Ramona Shelburne, she did a great job. Obviously, you're walking kind of a line. It's kind of a touchy subject and things like that. And, and you know, there's a lot of emotion behind it, and she did a really good job. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, at the time, it was it was just it was huge, just a huge story, obviously. A, a guy in, in power in, in the league and – and obviously NBA had to take nix that right away, but um, I don't want to say it happens all the time, but it's something that people are aware of that unfortunately, mm-hmm. even in these days, um, there is there is some racism that's going on, and a lot of people, a lot of times, it is with people in power and, and you know the 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 people with a lot of money doing it. So um, you know, and I do think that especially you know black athletes, they kind of feel that. You know, and things like that. We, especially, even if you're you're getting paid millions of dollars, they, there's still that level of I'm better than you, and you're down below. You're working for me, and things like that. And I think athletes are kind of trying to crush that that stigma a little bit. You know, LeBron's a huge advocate and mm-hmm. things like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I just remember that that breaking and things like that, and it it was it was it was bad. It was bad, and and I think the NBA did did the right thing, and and the fact that she was able to bring it bring it back and, and present it in such a way where it was new it was refreshing and it and it and it was in depth and things like that i mean it, it was it was fantastic it was a good piece of work well i tell you what that was kind of a turning point for what you're talking about is athletes feeling like they had some kind of leverage over owners once this came to light players started becoming advocates they started having their own voice that just didn't happen before Adam Silver, he was still fairly new in his commissionership. He had just been named commissioner of the NBA. There's nothing in the NBA constitution, if you will, about issuing a lifetime ban. Adam Silver just did it, and nobody's going to challenge him because nobody is going to want to die on that hill because maybe it's not in the NBA constitution. Nobody's going to stand up for a guy who's been deemed a vehement racist, who's been caught on tape saying stuff to his mistress about Magic Johnson and derogatory things toward African-American athletes. No one's going to die on that hill. No, and you you'd like to think no one, not a lot of people are on that hill mm-hmm. these days and age, this day and age. So, um, I I agree with you, man. It, it definitely, it was such a bad time, but it ended up, you know, like you said, starting that whole shift, that whole wave of athletes speaking up a little bit more and and you know, kind of standing up for themselves a little bit. So. Um, but yeah, you're not going to want to go and try to defend a guy like that. And, and I don't think nothing really needed to be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't even think Adam Silver really thought twice about it. No, he didn't. Once he, he got the it. evidence done mm-hmm. and that's the way it should be because you, you can't have those type of people in your league. Sometimes I wonder whatever happened to him, whatever happened to the mistress and, uh, Shelly, uh, Sterling, I think they're back together now, which is weird. I, after all that, I think she's back together with him. This isn't even my favorite audio from the whole fallout. But this still is pretty good. Donald Sterling with his sit-down with Anderson Cooper. You remember this? Big Magic Johnson. What has he done? Well, yes, he's a business person. He, uh, he's got AIDS. Did he do any business? I like, did he help anybody in South L.A.? Well, I think he has HIV. He doesn't actually have full-blown AIDS. But. Anderson Cooper, one of the most talented intellectual journalists of our time, just cannot get a grasp around the whirling dervish, the tornado that is Donald Sterling. Like, it was complete fallout from there. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> it was it was game over. I mean, to, to not only not realize the wrong you were doing after, you know, losing your franchise and, you know, basically having the whole NBA turn on you and things like that, and then to do something like that, I mean, it just shows you what kind of person he is. He's an older guy, and I understand, you know, he probably grew up in a time that was a little bit different. But mm-hmm. um, when you hold that much power and things like that, you got to know, you know, the society aspects of things. And for him to go on Anderson Cooper and things like that and to just be so aggressive towards, you know, Magic Johnson mm-hmm. in a negative way is just uncalled for. And and you can even Anderson Cooper. I, I'm sure he wasn't. He was probably shook. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to say either. He handled it very well. Yeah. Obviously, he, he 
hit him with a fact, but yeah, that was that was insane, man. I honestly forgot about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> we got to take our last time out. When we come back, ESPN just released our list of the greatest starting 22 in NFL history. Do you like it? Do you not? Jake and I will tell you how we feel about it next in ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of the show today, catch up on demand. Go to our website or get our free mobile app from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Just look up ESPN UP. A reminder that our High School Coaches Show, a re-airing of it, will happen in about seven minutes or so. So we're going to get through this list quickly. The all-time starting 22 for the NFL. Tom Brady's in at quarterback, Jake. You like that pick? I do. Yeah. I do. I mean, it's hard to argue against. Even you know, his his fellow teammates call him the GOAT for a reason, the greatest of all time. He's got the Super Bowls, he's been consistent, you know, he's he's fighting against the the t- uh time and things like that with his age and things and he just keeps coming back with a high level. I like I like the Tom Brady pick. You can't you can't beat the championships. That's did you championships. see Did you see Philip Rivers' response to this? What? He said that you shouldn't judge the greatest of all time based solely on championships. I do agree. I do agree, but I, I mean, Tom, right message, Tom Brady's a great messenger. quarterback. He is a great quarterback. Uh, if you, uh, you know, championships aside, he still makes the throws. He's still one of the most clutch quarterbacks ever, and he still gets it done. And I do agree with Philip Rivers. I just don't think he's the one that should be saying this. Well, that, that, that's the thing. Phil Rivers trying to give himself a chance. <laughs> his first one. You don't even have one. That's why you're saying it. But I do. He's agree. asking for it. I, I do agree with his point, though, because if we did base it only on championships, Joe Flacco's better than Dan Marino, and that's just that's just right. Not I happening. mean, to a point, it's it's not right. But when you're talking about a guy separating himself that much with championships, you got to bring it up. The two running backs on the list: Jim Brown and Walter Payton. See, it's hard to argue against. <laughs> How do you argue you against those two? You can't. You can't argue about that. I'm just. I'm kind of looking at. Okay, so under Jim Brown, it says argument. No, nobody. Nobody. You can't argue with that. Walter, but you can't argue with that. Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, possibly. But yeah, I mean, they come to mind. But can you argue with what Jim can't. Brown? Did? I know it was a long time ago. It was a different era of football. It doesn't matter. He was that much. He was that dominant. Man, you can't argue that. Wide receiver. He had Jerry Rice. Again, nobody you can argue with him there. How about this one, though? Don Hudson, a Green Bay Packer from 1935 to 45. I like it. You like that? I like Don Hudson. Would you like him if he was a Minnesota Viking? No. <laughs> you, you know, 35 and 45, that's a long time ago. And honestly, I have never seen footage of Don Hudson play, if there is any. Um, but five consecutive seasons leading the league in receptions, 18 NFL records when he retired. He did pretty good. He's a Green Bay Packer, but I mean, there's you can argue that one. You can argue that one. You know, Randy Moss is one. Yep, Randy Moss on there in the list is someone you can start the argument with. Uh, Lance Allsworth as well played with the Chargers and with the Cowboys. Continuing on through the offense, the NFL's greatest all-time starting lineup: left tackle Anthony Munoz, part of the 1998 Hall of Fame class. I like that one, to be honest with you. To be honest with you, I mean, I can't argue that. I, I, I never really watched the guy play. Obviously, mm-hmm. he was in the 80s, but, I mean, numbers are impressive. Obviously, Hall of Famer. Jonathan Ogden, Ogden he, yeah, he would be I'm, someone I'm looking, to consider. Jonathan Ogden, yeah, man. How about he was a beast. Jim Parker at guard. I'm not I'm not really up on the, on the line, man. Sure, okay. How about uh, Forrest Gregg, another Green Bay Packer. Well, Let's like coach that. the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I like that. I would say he's second best Bengals coach of all time per a segment I did earlier this week, although that's not a high bar. <laughs> yeah, right. I can maybe, you know, get get on the Bengals staff and be a good be up there with uh the the best. As coaches. long as your name is not Marvin or Hugh, exactly. then you can be on there. Tony Gonzalez listed as the greatest tight end of all time. Wow. I'd say he's top two for sure. But to me this is kinda like a Jordan LeBron debate between Gonzalez and Gronk. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You think he should have it? I, th- I think he should, man. I think he should. He was he was consistent. Career receptions higher than a lot of the top receivers of all time. Yep. More receptions than Brandy Moss and Marvin Harrison. That's insane. Led the league top ten in receptions five times and number two all time in receptions. One thousand three twenty five. Those are those are crazy numbers for a tight end. Few other names to consider. Mike Ditka is up there. John Mackey and Kellen Winslow, senior. Yeah, make that. <laughs> we don't want to screw that up. 
Those are all good names. I, I like Tony Gonzalez there, though. How about on defense? They have Reggie White at defensive end. Yes, sir. Can't really argue with that, Not one. that one. Bruce Smith is up there. Yep. Maybe. And J.J. Watt. Wow, J.J. Watt already. Maybe someday. I'm not, I'm not ready. Early. I think that is too early. That's yeah. way too early. He might be up there someday. He might be. How about Deacon Jones at defensive end on the other side? Yes. I like that one, too. That's a good one. Jack Youngblood also up for consideration. Mean Joe Green. Got to. At defensive tackle along with Merlin Olsen. He had the, one of the best commercials I've ever seen. <laughs> that should that should add into there. I wonder if that's a, a uh, Philip Rivers would accept that with this commercial, <laughs> with the, the Coke commercial. Philip Rivers needs to do better commercials. Like Philip Rivers has the personality of that wall. He needs to have some kind <laughs> he has of personality. A lot of kids. Uh, he does have a lot of kids. That's right. Others up for consideration: Cortez Kennedy, Bob Lilly, Aaron Donald up I think there when already. All is said and done. Aaron Donald will be the best defensive tackle to ever play. Okay. Randy White and Alan Page up for consideration as well. Linebackers: Lawrence Taylor. Can't argue with that. Nope. Dick Butkus. Can't argue with that nope. either. And Bobby Bell. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I if there's anyone you can argue against, it's probably him, but it's still not that strong of an argument. Right. Ray know. Lewis is getting consideration, though, on this list. I like Ray Lewis, man. I do, too. Ray Lewis is the, is the most passionate football player I've ever seen. Let's see. At corner, you've got Deion Sanders. Yep. I think you have to. You have to. Because of his flexibility, what have you. How about Dick Night Train Lane? What a throwback that was. And then Rod Woodson at the other corner position. They had to just throw in the, the night train in there. <laughs> Charles, Woodson, Charles Woodson, also up for consideration. Charles Woodson, come on, man. Champ Bailey is there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have. They could put together a pretty good team. Safety, they have Ken Houston. And at the other position, Ronnie, Ronnie Lott. Lott. Other safety position. Yep, Ronnie Lott for show. Ronnie Lott has got to be up there. Brian Dawkins, remember him from Philadelphia? He was quietly really, really good. Any of those players that that scare you, you know, Ed Ray Reed Lewis, scares me. Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Dawkins, those are guys that, you know, even before the game, you're looking over and you're like, I do not want to see this guy <laughs> at all. They're scary, man. And it's it's the passion, it's the passion they have for the game. I tell you what, we got through that. We got through it at by five o'clock. Anything you want to plug here, quick? Uh, Local three sports zone begins next Wednesday at seven thirty. We have a team preview show. Mm. Uh, tune in for for ESPN's preview show. But if you want you want some you know some visuals. Tune on over to Local 3 next Wednesday, 7.30. We'll, we'll talk to a lot of the coaches in Market County and beyond, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll get you set up for the season, which starts next week. Local 3's got some stuff we don't have, visuals being the obvious. They've got a little bit farther of a range of teams they cover. That is it for us. Again, stay tuned for our Marquette County Coaches Show coming up right now. For Jake Durant, I'm Tanner Hoops. Join us tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Hoops and Durant, we out.